The Illinois Senate has a new president, and the 2020 session is about to get underway. We'll talk about that on this week's edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock, and here with me is Jerry Nowicki, our State House Bureau Chief, and reporter Rebecca Anzel. Uh, Jerry, the Illinois Senate elected a new Senate president, Senator Don Harmon from Oak Park, uh, succeeding former Senate President John Cullerton, who surprisingly retired, announced his retirement in November. Tell us what this means. Who is Don Harmon, and what does his elevation to the Senate presidency mean? He's an experienced legislator. He's passed some pretty big-name legislation, including the graduated income tax, which will be on the ballot in November. Um, He's pretty well-respected in the legislature. He's a fairly progressive legislator, and he, of course, ran against Kimberly Lightford. Those two were the last two candidates. She's an African-American woman from Maywood. And it seems like the vote was split at about 22 to 17 within the Democratic caucus. And it was a pretty intensive rivalry there. Uh, Seems like there were some bitter feelings after the vote. Yeah, um, it seemed like Senator Lightford might have had a lot of old scores um, against her settled, uh, maybe with Senator Emil Jones, who the Sun-Times reported his father, who was the... President, former Senate yeah, president. Senate president before uh, President Cullerton, former Senate President Jones, uh, she believes had held a grudge because she didn't vote for James Claiborne against uh, President Cullerton when he ran. And James Claiborne was in the Black Caucus, an African-American man. So there was a, an apparent rift in the Black Caucus um, that went down uh, uh, as far as Senator Lightford believes. But, you know, Harmon went to the podium and preached unity and said they're going to unify as Democrats, and there's 40 of them, so, you know, they don't need perfect unity, they just need 30 votes to pass something to the House. That's 40 out of 59, so it's it's a pretty large majority. So how does this work going forward? Is this rift likely to prevent Senator Harmon or Governor Pritzker from getting their agendas through? You know, as we hear more about the FBI investigation that's obviously ongoing, uh, Senator Tom Cullerton is currently facing, uh, he's, there's ongoing court uh, appearances for him. So I don't think the rift is more likely to slow down the agenda than, say, another indictment or more news of federal and the, raids. And so that brings us to the upcoming agenda. Uh, ethics reform has been on everybody's lips and everybody's minds uh, really for the better part of a year, uh, especially since Senator Tom Cullerton was indicted for embezzlement, uh, for allegedly being on a ghost payroll for a labor union. Uh, there was a special, there is a special ethics task force uh, going on. Do we expect to hear much from that? Yeah, we'll hear from the ethics task force. I don't know what they'll be able to accomplish. And I know the lobbyists will all want to kind of water that stuff down, lobbyist disclosure and such. Um, We'll see what they report. Uh, They're going to have to do something. And it is worth noting on the ethics front that Senator Harmon, now President Harmon, has said he will leave his law firm, which is kind of heavily involved with municipal bonds and such. And that's been an issue uh, with some other senators who or other members of the legislature who, outside of their public work, uh, lobby 
local units of government in the Chicago area, or they belong to law firms that represent local units of government. Uh, and I believe Senator Harmon's law firm actually represents quite a few municipalities around the Chicago area. Uh, so he seems to be striking a tone of, you know, we're going to have a different sort of culture here in Springfield under his leadership. I think that he needs to do that, though, given that he was just um, elected to the Senate presidency uh, earlier this week, um, and and he that term only lasts until this upcoming January, so his term is sort of cut in half, given when um, former Senate President John Cullerton resigned, and he's going to need to bring the caucus together and just you know have this sort of appearance so he might have stand a chance of being reelected. Okay, and Rebecca, you've been following another issue that was kind of left unresolved after the 2019 session. Uh, There was a big push to ban flavored vaping, a big push to put all kinds of vaping under more state control. Uh, What are we expecting to hear about that? We're going to hear something. There is a wealth of, um, of, of bills related to flavor bans, like you mentioned. Um, the Republicans want to leave an exclusion open for mint and menthol flavors. The Democrats almost entirely want to ban all flavors. And that's not just for vapes. That's also for some tobacco products, too. Uh, includes, like, you know, hookah. It'll be interesting to see what happens, though. They started hearing some things during veto session, and, and the uh, pro-vaping lobby, if you will, seemed to have quite a large sway. There's a huge presence here. Um, On the executive branch front, uh, the Department of Public Health is still trying to figure out exactly um, what's caused these illnesses. They're working with the CDC. Yeah, because there have been a number of people hospitalized in Illinois for lung injuries that we believe are related to vaping. Yeah, and and, um, five Illinoisans have died. Um, Governor Pritzker has sort of issued a warning not to use the products, but that's sort of the extent of what he's done. Um, He instructed the Department of Public Health to form a task force, but we haven't heard anything from them. Um, and then Attorney General Kwame Raul filed a lawsuit against Juul, which seems to be arguably one of the most decisive actions taken so far. Now, this was a big pet issue for former Senate President Cullerton. Uh, does his departure mean that that issue has less oomph behind it now? I think you could make that argument. Um, when Senate President uh, Cullerton was still here, um, the sort of health lobbyists knew they can go directly to him and say, this is something we'd like to do, explain it to him, and he more often than not would support it. Um, Now that he's gone, uh, Senator Terry Link was also a huge proponent for these sorts of legislative matters. Um, But I know advocates are trying to figure out, like, who to propose this sort of legislation to, and they're expecting a lighter session, so not to get as much tobacco vaping-related things done as they might have had uh, President Cullerton stayed. Okay, so another big issue that I think is certain to come up is property tax reform. There was a property tax relief task force, uh, which is extremely hard to pronounce. Um, It has met a few times and has put out some sort of draft recommendations right now, Uh, one of which I think is going to be very controversial is for the state to take over a bigger share of K-12 education funding possibly through revenue that would come from the graduated income tax, assuming that that actually passes, uh, and that would in turn maybe buy down property tax relief at the local level. They're also calling for school district consolidation, which is kind of hard to imagine will come up during an election year. Uh, Illinois has hundreds of school districts that serve only elementary, K through 8, other, you know, hundreds more that serve only high schools. Uh, they're talking about merging those so that 
they can unify their administrations. Uh, but you know, people get very attached to their school districts, and so that that part may be difficult. Jerry, uh, anything else on the horizon? Yeah, I think uh, a couple weeks ago, Governor Pritzker and uh, Lieutenant Governor Stratton, they had signified that they're going to go heavy on uh, criminal justice reforms. I think they had said they want to get rid of cash bail, kind of change uh, minimum sentences for some nonviolent offenses. Uh, so we're going to see a lot on that front. Uh, they kind of telegraphed that the other day. I'd expect to hear some of that in his uh, State of the State speech next week, too. And Peter, um, you've been doing a lot of reporting on the automatic voter registration program. Do you think that'll come up too soon? Oh, that's probably going to come up in the first week. I think you'll see legislative hearings. I think you'll see people from the Secretary of State's office as well as the Board of Elections over here explaining how that happened and giving some assurance that it won't happen again. Apparently a computer programming error in this new system that just launched in 2018 failed to filter out people who check a box that says they are not a U.S. citizen, they're here legally on a green card or a visa, uh, but they weren't getting filtered out, and somehow about 545 of them uh, actually ended up being registered to vote. We know that some of those actually are U.S. citizens, they just checked the wrong box, but the, the computer program should have caught it. Um, interestingly enough, that bill passed in 2017 with by unanimous margins in both chambers of the legislature. It was signed into law by then Republican Governor Bruce Rauner. So it's not really a partisan issue and you're not seeing Republicans coming out and saying we should get rid of automatic voter registration, uh, but they do wanna see it fixed. And so uh, I think you're likely to hear about that in the you know probably first two weeks of the session. Yeah, probably the first two weeks. It's also important to note that uh, the number that actually voted was about 15, and probably three of those, I think, were determined to yeah, be Yeah, three have been citizens. determined to be U.S. citizens, so we're down to about 12. Uh, yeah, so and, that means they kind of just checked the wrong box in error. Yeah, and that's 12 votes out of millions upon millions of votes cast, and they were kind of spread around in different parts of the state. So it is extremely unlikely that those votes actually turned any election uh, one way or another, because you're talking about just one or two people in an individual county, uh, maybe a handful of them in Cook County. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, anything else coming up besides the, uh, that we're expecting to hear? I would expect to hear something on affordable housing. I'm not talking about rent control, but um, sort of available units for people to live in at a price that's not exorbitant. Okay. Jerry, can you think of anything else? You know, I think um, property tax, one way or another, is going to have to be a big, big push this year. And I imagine we're also going to see a lot of positioning, posturing in advance of the public vote in November on the graduated income tax, because Governor Pritzker has a lot of his long-term plan for Illinois kind of riding on that one. Um, and there are like two pretty well-funded groups, one pushing for passage of the amendment and one pushing it for its defeat. Is that going to kind of color how other issues are dealt with? Yeah, that's going to, uh, Republicans, especially suburban Republicans, have sort of signified that that's the issue they're going to use to get people out for their House candidates, for their state Senate candidates. That's They're going to tie uh, voter turnout to uh, defeating that graduated income tax, which Democrats are relying on. Not Democrats, I should say Governor Pritzker is relying on for 
uh, about $3.5 billion of revenue. Okay, so the session starts on Tuesday, January 28th. Uh, the following day, Wednesday, we will hear Governor Pritzker give his State of the State address, and then uh, we're off to the races. Sometime in February, we're expecting the governor to make his formal budget proposal. Uh, but until then, we will be covering all of these issues and more. For now, that's it for this edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, thank you for listening.